Welcome to the Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. I'm Kevin Fandel, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today I'm talking with Joe Fiorello. He's an electrician. He's several years into his career, and he'll talk to us about getting started, some of the training and other credentials you need to begin the career, and the experience that's helpful to have as early as possible. He'll talk about what he learned in working in a number of different companies and on a number of different job sites with different types of electrical work. And he'll give us an overview of the field in general, talking a little bit about apprentice, journeyman, and master level credentials and licenses in the field. And lastly, he'll share with us his observations about the profession, the people leaving the profession because of retirement, and the people joining the profession and the training and credentials they're building early in their career. I think you'll find it an interesting and informative conversation with someone building a successful career as an electrician. Joe, welcome to the Career Pod. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Um, let's talk a little bit about your decision to start down the path uh, building a career as an electrician. What were you thinking as you were growing up and what influences uh, were there that ultimately led you to pursue this career? So it all started when I was uh, in middle school and into high school. Um, I knew uh, school wasn't the thing for me and that college wouldn't be a path I would take. Um, I just never had the attention span to be taught something I wasn't interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so why electrician? Did you explore other things or were there people that were you know, significant influences on you in that regard? So when I was younger, Ever since I was 13, I used to spend every summer working full-time for my dad doing carpentry. So I developed Mm -hmm. some good uh, trade skills and uh, grew a love for trades um, starting then. And then uh, after I had finished high school, I had worked with him for two years Mm -hmm. full-time, which was good. But again, working for your father can be a little difficult, too. (laughs) And uh, I got a flyer in the mail for... uh, electrical schooling, and that was when I got uh, passionate about electrical. Wow. So so tell me a little bit about the kind of schooling that someone would have to consider or commit to as, as one of the first steps in, a, in an electrician's career. So what I didn't realize going into the schooling was what I signed up for was the 600 hours that's required before getting your license, and it's reading the code book and getting quizzed on the code book and not learning how to do the actual work in the field. Ah, 600 hours of schooling or training as opposed to... Exactly. Wow, okay. Exactly. So, and this was something usually someone did in sync with their apprenticeship. And I had done my first 300 hours before ever landing an electrical job. Hmm. So I was in my class with all guys who were showing up to the class after a day of work doing electrical, and here I was just trying to get in the trade wow. and didn't know a single wow. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was classroom-based, but people already already doing the work on, on an informal basis? Yep. I, yeah, okay. Right. Okay, so that was 300 working towards the 600. Um, is there any kind of field-based um, practical application during that window of 600 hours? So while getting the 600 hours, you're also required to get 8,000 hours, which is four years full time. You're not allowed to exceed uh, any more than 2,000 hours a year. 
Ah, okay. Um, so it requires people, at least in Massachusetts, to work four years full-time plus get 600 hours of schooling over the course of those four years. I see. And is, that, and is that, are you quote-unquote classified as an apprentice during those? Exactly. Days? Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Um, and so we'll, we'll get back to the apprentice part in a minute, but just give me a, a then a higher level sense of the, because I know, I know the terms apprentice, journeyman and master come to mind. Yep. Give me a sense of how that, um, how the electrician trade and profession, you know, how, how that applies to that, to your work. Sure. Because they have the same thing, like this plumbers have the same thing, yep. and I think some other trades. They do. So what kind of work can an apprentice expect to do, and, and what kind can a journeyman and a master level person? So obviously when you're green and new, you get kind of the bottom of the pole tasks. But pretty quick, as long as you're a skilled, uh, ambitious apprentice, you can get right up there working side by side with a licensed electrician and be doing... Um, hmm. licensed quality work. Um, Meaning the, compl the complexity of it or the, you know, the, the, the criticality of correct. it. You know, it's one thing to have a, have a single room kind of short out versus having a building go or something, sure, right? Sure, sure. So, yep. Okay. And then, uh, and then jumping between, so once you become a journeyman, you're licensed to perform electrical work under your license. Okay. And then the only thing different between a journeyman and a master's is to become a master, you have to do another 150 hours of schooling and be a journeyman for one whole year. And the master's license allows you to make contracts with businesses. Ah, so okay. it allows you to have journeymen working under you and yep. make contracts. It doesn't make you any more skilled. A lot of people think yeah, I, that of masters, but hmm. in, as a matter of fact, if... As a master electrician, you have to still maintain your journeyman's license. And if you hmm. let your journeyman's expire, you hmm. can't physically touch tools unless you have a journeyman electrician wow. supervising you. Wow. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay. And so there, um, just for our listeners, so you, you could be a journeyman and go and work on the main power panel of an apartment building? Absolutely. I see. Yep, okay. Exactly. With a hundred with a hundred units in it. Yep. Wow, okay. Exactly right. what I do. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, is an apprentice considered a licensed position? No. Okay. All right. So, is there any difference between what can it, can an apprentice um, not do something that a journeyman can do? Uh, are there delineations in the type of work or activities? Not necessarily. Hmm. The apprentice just has to be supervised by a journeyman. Okay. Um, okay. You can't just have a uh, apprentice work on someone's home by himself hmm. or herself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean a uh, apprentice can't do work on high voltage or something under the supervision right next to or alongside a journeyman electrician. I see. Okay. Uh, so that was a great recap of the the apprentice journeyman and and master uh, levels in the field and and the surprisingly to a layperson the similarities in the actual work but some of the subtle differences around supervising people and 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 initiating and signing on contracts um, but the apprentice role or level itself 
I think seems pretty interesting. Tell me about, you know, how did you get your first job in that as an apprentice? Because as we were talking earlier, um, much of what you did before you really committed to this career was carpentry work, not electrical work. So tell me a little bit about those, that like first year as an apprentice. So when I, at the time when I was trying to get an electrical job, it was really difficult. Uh, it was in 2012 when I first, when I got my first job. But leading up to that, with the whole economy recovering all over again from the housing market crash of 08, um, a lot of companies wanted two years experience from any uh, any apprentices they were hiring. Finally, I got an opportunity. A company came to my school handing out job applications, and I filled one out, and uh, they scheduled an interview with me. And I explained to them at my interview, I've... Uh, haven't had any electrical experience, but I really want to get in the trade and I'm ambitious to work. They asked how much I would be willing to work for, and I told them I'll I'll work for minimum wage. I just want mm. to get my foot in the door. Yeah. I want to get a job and grow from there. Yeah. So I got hired at minimum wage, and within the first three months, I got two raises. Nice. Which was a, a great nice. feeling. Yeah. And why do you think? That, that that good for that happened so quickly the raises um, one you know granted carpentry is different but the knowledge of tools and the general idea of uh, construction mm -hmm. I had a lot of that in my background and then just the ambition to be a hard worker um, it's one thing that's hard to find from guys people who want to work hard and mm. really um, see results um, and then another big thing is showing up early. Hmm. You know, if uh, I mean literally in showing up early in to begin the day. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep, yep. Exactly. Hmm. If hmm. you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. <laughs> yeah. And and in, in in this in this line of work, what what is tip? What is the typical start time? Uh, and then I'll, I'll back in twenty minutes earlier than that is the start time. But what's the, what's the traditional or typical start time on a job site? It can vary. I mean, hmm. um, you know, if you're doing work on someone's home, you might be starting at eight o'clock. But uh, if okay. you're doing work in maybe a new construction house, it could be seven o'clock. Or even if you're doing commercial work in the city, you could be starting as early as five thirty, six o'clock. So thinking back over the uh, the first couple of years, what what was the most challenging aspect of beginning your time in this line of work, in this trade? Honestly, the most challenging and uh, rewarding experience I had was landing my first job. Hmm. It, was, uh, it was really difficult. I had spent over a year in school doing uh, four hours a night, two, two nights a week investing all this time and I kept applying for jobs and it took over a year before I finally landed one wow. and landing my first job uh, it felt like it just opened all the doors of opportunity again my foot in the door with the trade nice so that's I mean that's something for our listeners to really take to heart is that they might be putting in the work with the schooling and getting the the credentials quote-unquote but you really have to just stay at it with landing the first job and that's that dilemma of you know not having experience, they want experience, but they there's no job available to give you the experience that they want ultimately. So that's a very it's a really tough cycle in a lot of lines of work. Yep, and someone who was so encouraging, my uh, my teacher for my night classes, who's now as a matter of fact my project manager in my company. 
who I work under. Wow. And but he uh, he always encouraged me to stick with it and just keep doing what I'm doing, and always told me the opportunity would come. Now years later, as a licensed electrician, he's had me come into the classes because he's had people who are in my same exact shoes, who are losing their uh, steam to continue going to class and mm. losing their motivation in the field and just asking me to show up and encourage them to stick with it. And as long as you're a hard worker, you're going to do fine and get somewhere. Let's go back to a different path now, not so much about the licenses and the levels um, in the in the trade or in the profession. Um, just give me a sense of the different kinds of job sites, the work environments, the job sites, and the and in a sense, therefore, the kind of work involved in, in, in working on those projects that you've done uh, so far in your career? Well, during my first four years as an apprentice, all my work was uh, residential, doing new construction homes, anything from 1,500 square feet to 15,000 square feet. Hmm. Uh, doing uh, kitchen remodels, bathroom remodels, and even just service calls in people's homes, which uh, was a great experience. You know, I got to see a lot and learn a lot of skills. When I became a journeyman, I started working for a company that does more so commercial. Um, what I do now is large apartment buildings, hmm. anything from 100 units to the current one I'm on is 234 units hmm. with a two-level parking garage. and. Wow. You know, it, everyone thinks it's a lot different, but at the end of the day, you're still getting the electricity from one point to the other. You know, in the big picture, yep. it, it's just a lot bigger, but it can be the same as wiring a, a bedroom. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, in the in the early part that you mentioned, um, you know, the, the residential stuff, new home construction. Uh, so you were you were basically working with exposed studs and yep. rafters and all that, and, and no one no one living there, um, and then you'd finish off a property. Uh, in your early years, did you do any electrical work that in currently in, uh, people were currently living in the space? Yep, okay. did that too, okay. you know, in working in people's homes where the kitchen is tarped off and they have their whole dining room set up with microwaves and refrigerator. But obviously those are, you know, smaller scale than a new home construction. How about over the the past several or past few years, uh, in addition to getting, you mentioned a, a phrase that caught my ear, getting power from one place to another, um, is there more um, data wiring going on as well, and does that fall into the the kind of the work the the, the work domain of an electrician? There, there is, but. Um that's also one great thing about electrical is you can, there's so many roads to take. You can do work that you don't even touch that. Uh, for example, where I work now, all the data and security gets subbed out to a different company. Um, and the guys who can work with data, they don't have to be licensed electricians. Hmm. Uh, to work with anything under 50 volts, you just need a class D license, which doesn't require nearly the requirements a uh, journeyman there aren't, the, there aren't the safety concerns there aren't the fire exactly. hazard potentials exactly. I, see, I see you know what made you successful what are some personal characteristics that are helpful in making someone successful in your line of work one of the biggest ones was just having the really good work ethics and uh, I have to say that 
starting working so young with my dad, I really developed good trade skills. And uh, after that, it's just you have to be ambitious and um, and be curious. Mm -hmm. Always wanting to learn and never feeling uh, any questions too dumb. So, Joe, give me a sense of how your, you know, your the basic job tasks you do, what you do during a day or a week and the responsibilities you have, how have they changed over the years you've been in the field? Well, Kevin, I still I still do a lot of electrical work, but uh, as a journeyman and not only a journeyman, but an assistant foreman in my company, I've slowly been ro taking a role more management in the field. Hmm. Is, that, um, is that assistant foreman a new, a new role for you? in the past few months or so or when did yes, that yeah. uh, okay. well it over the last year now ah, okay. um, right. and so it's the second in command on the job site under the foreman wow. and uh, how many people on the job site nine right now we have nine guys so wow. but yeah. it can always vary between you know anywhere eight to fifteen mm -hmm. and my position is to take as much as I can off the foreman's plate and help uh, keep everything going smoothly Management is something that's becoming more and more common in my work days wow. than the physical work. How do you feel about that? Honestly, there's nothing I enjoy more than just showing up and doing the physical work and, you know, getting results done and being able to do a task and walk away and saying, wow, I did that. So are the people that you're supervising, they obviously were guys that you work side by side, you were peers with them. Right, and how has sometimes that goes fine? Other times there's kind of tension in that regard. How how has the kind of the people aspect of that changing your role? How has that felt? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's the way it is in any other business. Management is always a tough role, and not everyone's going to like you. And I think one of the most difficult things too is the fact I'm 26 years old. Mm. So a lot mm. of the guys are older than me, and to be uh, taking commands from a someone so much younger mm. I you know everyone has a difficult time with it but uh, it's one of those things you just you go into it and be as professional and uh, you know you kind of learn different people and how to work around different people as yeah. as you would in any other business yep yeah and does your does your boss understand the kind of the challenges and that transition for you and is he supportive in, in yes. that? Yes. Good, okay. Yep, All yep, right. he is and you know so there might be situations with some people where he says alright you just stay away and I'll handle it mm -hmm. um, yeah. and yeah. you know because I try to keep everything at peace and I don't try to puff my chest out you know at the end of the day I want to get the job done Mm -hmm. And I want to get it done in the best way possible. Yeah, nice. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you you and your boss go way back. He was an instructor, right? When you were in the the classroom part of your your career. My so my uh, my project manager. Project. Okay. Yeah. He's the one uh, who him and I go way back. Yeah. But uh, day to day, my foreman ah, is okay. the one who I work with. Uh, who we work on site together every day and then once a week my PM comes out and I nice. that's the guy I see okay okay yep um, and so in this role as the assistant foreman um, are you more of the interface with like building inspectors and code and uh, is that also the kind of the higher level 
yep. responsibility? Yeah. Um, okay. More commonly than not, I'm the one who's doing the walkthrough with the building inspector. Well, sorry, the wiring inspector. Mm -hmm. um, so I handle most of that. Do some work with the uh, the head contractor. So several years in, really successful promotions, working in several different types of job sites, residential, now uh, clearly medium, perhaps even large-scale commercial, commercial and residential sites. Um, so where do you see your career going from here? For now, just keeping, uh, keeping it the same, slowly uh, rolling myself into a foreman position. You know, again, I really enjoy doing the hands-on work more than I enjoy the paperwork and scheduling and management, but you know, electricians can make really good money, but there's even more money to be made in a management position. Yeah. But either way, it's a great, successful career. Can you do, I would imagine you'd be able to do hands-on work on the side. Yep, yep. Um, but again, for me, I, I like being focused Monday through Friday mm -hmm. or Saturday <laughs> on my uh, day job and then being able to turn the switch off uh, after leaving the job site. I've always thought like that's another thing that's a great advantage about the trades is you can do side work and uh, but you also have to be committed to making a lot of phone calls and running around bidding jobs and yeah. doing all yeah. that when for me showing up for my uh, my full-time job is plenty. Yeah well uh, let's talk about that for, for a minute um, you know, nine to five is one thing, Monday through Friday is one thing. How common or how available is overtime in your field? I mean, is it is it typical for an electrician, uh, one, if they want to, uh, to be able to work six or even seven days a week? Tell me about the kind of the parameters around how many hours they can ask of you, offer you, demand, not demand. How does that all work? Absolutely. So um, I know a lot of companies are short staffed and uh, so their current employees are working a lot of overtime and uh, including mine um, they don't none of its mandatory mm. but I've been working 55 hours a week uh, Monday wow. through Saturday wow. and uh, there's just the overtime is unlimited but there's just more work than uh, the work staff can keep up with is that because they're not they're not trying to or they're not able to hire more more people or it's, people are leaving you know people are retiring or joining them not joining the field in the right numbers tell me about the workforce of of the electrician trade yeah yeah um it there's not much help uh it's hard to find good help um and right now all the really good workers are employed with a good company and are really comfortable where they're at so you don't have good workers seeking new jobs right now i see and the people who are seeking jobs are either fresh green apprentices or people who uh, don't have good work ethics and don't last, don't last where they're at. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, according to the numbers from the National Electrical Contractors Association, 7,000 electricians join the field each year, but 10,000 retire. And this is a study wow. uh, as of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Is that in a, is that nationwide or Massachusetts? So that's, Massachusetts? Yeah, or what? this is nationwide. Nationwide, um, okay. But it's 
that's the trend. That's exactly. many more people are retiring exactly. out, and, uh, and, uh, and so, so what does that say about? Um, you know, everyone talks about "quote unquote" a college education or traditional college education. There's all, all kinds of opportunity here, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, right right now in this day and age, there's so much social pressure pushing people towards college. That's what one of the reasons the trades are dying. <laughs> Electrical, especially, is becoming more and more white collar. And uh, again, there's a lot of money to be made. I would think also that uh, having that skill set, it it probably really makes it a lot easier to, you know, get into and manage your own house, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, um, that sweat equity is a huge consideration. Yeah, sure. You got to you got to have tangible skills for to earn sweat equity, whether they're formally acquired and use skills like in a trade or a profession, or you know, your early days doing the carpentry work, you know, with your dad, I mean, those, that's informally acquired, but um, that buys you some, that buys you some latitude in what you can do with housing. Yeah, absolutely. I spoke to uh, so many people who work desk jobs and envy me for being able to uh, have the skills for when I have a home to be able to um, tackle any task I want. or at least having the networking to get good help if it's something like plumbing or HVAC that uh, I'm not qualified with. Uh, so in the last few minutes we have, let's. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on what you would say to, oh, I don't know, pick an age, a 16-year-old asks you, you know, this is awesome, you know, what do I have to do to be an electrician? What, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, my first suggestion would be to go to a Volk school for electrical. I would highly recommend that because that was one thing I didn't do. And had I gone to a Volk school, I would have gone into electrical two years sooner, um, working in the field and had gone my license two years sooner. So I would strongly encourage that. And I would say it, you've picked a great career. Uh, there's plenty of work. There's gonna be more and more work. The demand is gonna grow. Well, that's great advice. I think that um, people will be fortunate to have dialed into this podcast and and listened to your 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 observations and learnings on uh, becoming an electrician and obviously uh, growing a very successful career to date with more to come. So, Joe, I want to thank you for joining us on the Career Pod, and I really enjoyed talking with you about about being an electrician and your career. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will will benefit as well. Thank you again. Of course, thank you, Kevin.